Hey, what's up? It's John Ricard. This is the Camera Work Podcast. Now, if you've heard the podcast in the past on either iTunes or YouTube, you may notice that the audio quality is not completely correct today. So I apologize to you for that. And I promise the audio quality will be excellent as usual the next time around, okay? So I'm going to go a little quick today since my audio isn't perfect. I don't want to waste any of your time. So we're going to talk about two things today. One, I want to tell you about a workshop that I am doing in New Jersey at a camera store called Unique Photo. Really cool camera shop. I've presented there many times and it's always a lot of fun. It's in New Jersey, Fairfield, New Jersey. It's on September 16th, which is a Friday. The topic is called No Fear of Studio Lighting. And we're going to talk about a, like a variety of different lighting setups that you can use for a variety of different situations. This kind of like a model slash fashion bent to what I'm doing, but it'll be applicable to other things as well. And I spend quite a bit of time be, being educated. I go to workshops, I watch instructional content on YouTube, I even pay for some instructional content, and I find it can be a mixed bag. I find a lot of really strong educational content out there, and I find a lot of bad education content. So when I'm giving a presentation, it's really important to me that mine is really, really good. I feel for people who are paying money to hear me talk and I feel for people who have a question or a problem with lighting and they're like, man, I hope this is like the savior. I hope this is the holy grail that really helps me get my lighting right or helps me figure out a particular shot. And I know how disappointing it can be when you go to a workshop and they don't address the things that they promised you they would address or the things that you wanted to learn. So again, I take it really serious and I make sure that we really give you concrete information. So what I like to do is make sure you walk out of there with at least five different lighting setups, you know, very specific, like put the beauty dish here and put the rim lights there. I'll put an umbrella here and put a soft box there and really let you understand why you might put the lights there and how it's going to look if you do this. And also I always make sure we get a good model so the people who attend the workshop can shoot. So it kind of becomes three things. You learn at the workshop, you have fun shooting, and hopefully you get something that's good for either your book or Instagram. So that's the goal. But in any case, it's unique photo or unique university. If you look up online for a unique photo in New Jersey or unique university, you can find a registration. Again, this is Friday, September 16th. I think it's 11 to 3 p.m., about four hours. And I will be spending a ton of time, I promise you, preparing to make sure that this is worth your money and worth your time. I hope you can make it, all right? Anyway, so the topic we're going to talk about today is like when you're having a client meeting, what should you do? How do you handle a client meeting? You meet someone for the first time, say you're a photographer, and you meet an art director, or you meet someone who's an editor at a magazine, and they say, yeah, why don't you come down to the office and talk to us? You know, or you say to someone, hey, can I come by and show you a book? And they go, yeah, you can come down. And they come to you, or you come to them. Well, what are you trying to accomplish in that meeting? What's the goal? What, are you, what should you be doing? And of course, everyone's going to do it different. It's going to be a matter of like what is comfortable to your personality and your personal style. But I just want to give you three things that I do. And some of these I wasn't doing years ago because I used to look at it different. I used to think that like people wanted to see my work so they could know that my work was suited for the job. So I used to think that the most important thing was my work. So I would agonize over the book. I'd be thinking like, you know, do I have enough studio pictures or do I have enough females? Do I need more males? You know, is the book too hip hop? Is it too fashion? Just whatever. 
And my book is very good. I have a very strong book. It's presented right. It looks good. And one day maybe we'll talk about that. But it is a vision-based portfolio. It is a cohesive body of work. But what I've come to understand is that the client meeting is a place where I do want to show potential client, I should say, is a place where I do want to show my book. However, that is not the single most important thing. Today, the most important thing for me is connection. I want to connect with that person. Now, hopefully this is real and it's organic, meaning as we start talking, certain elements that they mention, we start to connect on. Maybe something that I'm into is something that they are into. I love comic books. I like The Walking Dead. I like hip hop. I like rock music. I love photography. There's all these things that I'm into. Hopefully, as we're both talking, we will find some common ground of what we like or even something we can do like a friendly disagreement on. Like, you know, what, what is the best era of rap? You know, is it the Dr. Dre death row era? Is it the NWA Ice Cube era? You know, is it the Eminem era? Is it Nas? Whatever. We can have a friendly argument, but the common frame is still there because it's hip hop, let's say. So I want to make a connection with the person because you remember, people hire people. They don't hire the work. Work should be good, but that the work is not the only thing because depending on what type of job they're hiring you for, there might be 30 guys who can shoot that. If it's, you know, let's say it's a lookbook. You know, you're going to be shooting in the studio, white background. They're going to have four models. You're going to do 80 pieces of clothing on a day that goes from 8 a.m. to, say, 4 p.m. That's a good gig. You know, I've done that a million times. A lot of guys in New York City can shoot that. So what's going to make them hire you? It's not necessarily going to be this amazing picture in your book. It might be just the fact that they can vibe with you and they can connect with you and they pick up that, you know, you have good values or you have good character or, you know, you're an interesting person. You've lived and you're currently living a life that is interesting and meaningful and you have some insight into things and a unique way of seeing the world. So you want to communicate some of those things. Now, for me, probably the hardest part in that connection phase is, is trying not to talk too much. My temptation, like when I get excited, like I start talking and I, I want to dominate the conversation. So I have to consciously reel myself back in so that I'm not talking too much. So you want to make sure that you are not doing all the talking. You want the other person to be talking so that they're excited so that they're telling you about themselves and their project and their vision. This also helps you understand who they are and decide, do you want to work with them? Are you a good fit for them? Or are their values and their core beliefs something that you don't really sync with and you don't want to just take their money and not have some type of connection to them? But if you can get them excited about what they are doing, what they're working on, how you can fit in, that's a beautiful thing. You don't want them just listening. You know, you don't want to think like you're so interesting and they're just supposed to listen to all your great stories about all your great shoots. You're better off doing a lot of listening to them, okay? So another thing that is on my mind is I'm cognizant of the fact that people aren't going to necessarily remember specific things from my book. Like I know I'll go see a movie like, say, Suicide Squad, right? truly horrible movie, but we're not going to spend an hour talking about that, but I could. But like, if you said to me right now, who played, I know like there was an army general guy in the movie and uh, Captain Boomerang was in it. And then there was um, 
there was a female who was like this kind of mythical goddess creature who kept turning into like ash or something and disappearing. And then there was this male mythological creature who she was connected to and they were trying to take over the world or whatever the hell they were trying to do in a movie because it was a horrible movie. But the point is, like those four characters that I named, I do not remember who the actors were. So if I go to a movie tomorrow and one of those four actors is in the movie, I really am not going to remember them at all. And I spent 90 minutes, 90 minutes, watching this movie on a gigantic 3D screen. And like a month later, I can't remember anybody from the movie. So I'm thinking when you look through my book, the 20 images, or 25, whatever it is, you're not going to really remember a specific picture. You're not going to like, in your mind, you're not going, man, yeah, John, you know, he nailed that shot of our French Montana, and I know he's going to be perfect for this other project that we have. That's not really going to happen at the meeting. He's going to forget your entire book two days later. He is going to remember, or she is going to remember, again, the, the essence of your personality, like, yeah, he's competent, he can do the job, and I connect with this person, so I want to hire him. So I want whoever it is that I'm meeting with to have a good memory of the meeting. I want them to remember the meeting as being something that was like enjoyable and insightful and interesting. Of course, the work has to be good. But I want them to have a good memory of the meeting, that they hang out with me for 15 minutes and that's a pleasant memory. So those are a few things that are important to me besides like just the simplicity of like, oh, the pictures in my book. Another thing that I will try to do in a meeting is I try not to put too much emphasis on the part where I show you the book. Like I might bring two books or three books of different things. Like I have one book that's a hip hop book and then I have one that um, it's called New York, My City that I made. It's a collection of like street photography that I've done. And then I have another book that's a collection of backstage BET images from when I did uh, 106 in Park. I was a house photographer for a few years for that show. And I show that book. So I've got like three books with me when I'm meeting. I might show one of the three. It doesn't even matter which of the three books I show you, frankly, unless the conversation is very specific about work. Like if someone is going, can you light you know, on location, on a wet alley? Whatever. Okay, I may want to show you a picture that matches that. But if it's a kind of typical meeting that I have where I feel the goal is to really connect with this person, and I've got these three books on the table, I don't even make a point to make sure you look through all three. I've had times where you start looking through the book and three quarters of the way through, I go like, okay, you kind of get the point there. And then I go back to the conversation because I'm trying to project that I am confident enough in the work that I know I can do the project you need done. And I don't need to sell you on myself by making you look through every picture in the book. Like the work is a done deal. I know I can do the work. Let's talk about all the other stuff. That's what I'm trying to project, and it's the truth. It really is the truth. I believe by the time I'm sitting down meeting with you, the work part is, is covered. So I don't always make a point of making sure you look at every single photograph. I might switch to the second book halfway through and say, yeah, you get the point. That's all studio work. Here's some documentary-style photography that I do. Show you a little bit of that. Let's get back to the conversation. So what I try to project is some confidence in my work that the work is so strong that I don't need to qualify myself 
by constantly showing you more and more different types of photographs that I can do and more and more different places that I've been or situations that I've photographed in and still produced a good image that I don't need to do that. I don't have to qualify myself. It's kind of like certain actors and actresses you read about who get offended when they're asked to do an audition. Like they want to communicate like, I don't need to audition, of course I can do this role. Let's just see if I want to do the role or like if you want me, but I'm not gonna stand there and lower myself to an audition. So I have a belief that generally speaking, whoever qualifies themselves loses the conversation. So I'll give you a quick example that has nothing to do with that. So I train in jujitsu and a lot of people train jujitsu and often a conversation will go like this. I'll meet someone and they go, Oh, you know, I train too. And I go, oh, that's cool. I train. And maybe I say, oh, you know, where do you train? And they go, yeah, you know, Bob Smith. I go, oh, you know, maybe I'll say, I don't know who that is. So they'll go, Bob Smith, you know, he was the second black belt under Henzo Gracie. Like, you know, the second black belt that uh, Henzo Gracie gave out? Right. Well, his first student opened an academy in Kansas. And, you know, uh, Bob Smith trained there. And then he moved to New York. And... I train under him. And there's this long explanation of you explaining who your teacher is. And then I will say, oh man, that's cool, yeah, I train with Marcelo. And I'm done. Because my teacher is so famous in the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that I can just say I train with Marcelo. And that particular conversation about where do you train, it's over from my end. I don't have to explain who it is because he is so well known in the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that I can just say his first name and everyone in the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu knows who he is. So if you tried to imagine that you were listening to that conversation, and let's pretend for a second that you imagined that conversation as a contest. You imagined that conversation as a battle, and you had to declare a winner. Well, who won the conversation? The person who gives a 10 minute explanation about who their teacher is and explains the legitimacy of their teacher and how their teacher got his black belt and who trains at their school or whatever, and they explained and proved their credentials. Does that person win the conversation? Or is it the person who didn't explain or qualify anything? Who didn't do two seconds? They just say, yeah, I trained with Marcelo. And they were done. So in my belief, the person who qualifies himself or herself is the person who is losing the conversation if we look at the conversation as a competition or a battle. So if you know, you're kind of showing this book you know, left and right and you really focused on this book and you're trying to prove to them that you're good, you know, you've lowered your status, you're qualifying yourself. So I try not to do that and I try to act like we know already that I'm qualified and I can do the job and that my work is right. Let's talk about some other stuff, okay? And the last thing that I do, this isn't the last thing, the last thing I was gonna talk about today that I do in like a client meeting, this is kind of like a little trick, but um, I think it's kind of cool. I make a point of saying something that I can follow up with you later. So that means that let's say we were talking and I don't know, the conversation got to rap music videos. And uh, let's say I want to make a point about a video. Um, I'm trying to think of a video that I like. Um, uh, what's that? Flavor in your ear. I think it's Craig Mack did it. I think of it as a biggie song, but Craig Mack, Flavor in your ear. Old video, but it's black and white. It is just gorgeous the way it's shot. So if we were having a conversation and I worked that into the conversation, I said, yeah, did you ever see that video, that old video? Um, Flavor in your ear, the remix. Did you ever see that? 
And let's say the person said, yeah, I saw it. Okay, I would just continue the conversation and we move on, we move on. I might mention something else. Maybe it's a TV show, maybe it's a movie. Oh yeah, did you see Suicide Squad? Yeah, you know, because uh, there's a shot in Suicide Squad that just makes me laugh every time I see it, you know, the part where they're in the elevator. Maybe they saw that. Boom, we're having another part of the conversation. What I'm doing is I am purposely bringing up things randomly here and there to conversation until I find something that they have not seen. If we're talking about videos, because I could do this with anything, okay, but just for videos, just so you understand where I'm going with this. Uh, yeah, did you ever see this video called uh, Everything is a Remix? Man, it's, it's fantastic. You know, it talks about how um, things that we think of as being very original, maybe they were influenced by something else, or maybe they are ripped off from something else person says, nah, I never saw that. Oh man, you gotta see that video. You gotta see it, man. Yeah, I should send you a link or something. Boom, we continue the conversation. That now gives me an excuse to contact this person three days later. Hey, you know, it was great talking to you. And I remember we were talking about that video called Everything is a Remix. Here's a link to it. Let me know what you think. You follow? This gives me a chance to reconnect with the person because I've purposely made sure that there was some type of thing left over in the conversation. You know, we're talking and I'm going to mention that there's this site that gives you 20% off whatever Applebee's if you have a movie ticket. Now I can contact you three days later and mention that. Or, you know, in New York, there's, this, you know, there's a site called lynda.com. It's an education site they teach. Well, if you have like a Brooklyn Public Library card, you can visit Lynda for free and watch all the content. I mean, it's crazy. I had a subscription to Lynda for a while. It was like $30 a month, but you can do it completely for free with a Brooklyn Public Library card. That's the kind of thing I might mention to you and then send you a link three or four days later. So it just gives me an excuse to re-contact you. And again, I don't have to contact you and go like, hey, it was good talking to you. Do you have any work for me? It doesn't have to be that. I've got a different level for us to talk about. Yeah, you know, we mentioned this Applebee's thing. Here's, here's a link to the information about how you can just go to the movies and get a free, whatever, lunch or dessert at Applebee's, whatever. But I will kind of consciously make sure that during the course of the conversation, there is at least one thing in my mind that I can follow up with this person on. So I have an excuse to recontact them. And hopefully I'm putting myself in the right place at the right time. You know, that email comes in on Thursday and they're like, you know, we were just looking for a photographer. I almost forgot about John. Let me call him. Boom. Okay. So anyway, that's kind of three things that, um, that I do when I'm, you know, doing a meeting. And if you want to recap, the three things were uh, try to make a connection with the person and find some kind of common ground that you can relate to with each other. Two, I try to not make the focus completely about the work. I try to convey that I know the work is good enough already and I can show you some of it or pieces of it, but I don't have to be obsessed with showing you every single piece of it. And number three, I make sure that there's a way for me to organically follow up with you later on the next week or something without seeming like I'm just asking if you have any work for me, okay? So those are some tips um, that I have for um, meetings, okay? Anyway, again, uh, workshop Friday, September 16th at Unique Photo in New Jersey. I hope some people who are listening to this can make it. I would love to be at that workshop and have someone say like, man, listen to your podcast every week and I just want to come and like do some lighting setups with you. So hopefully that'll happen. I don't know. Anyway, um, if you want to find my work, you go to Instagram, John Ricard, J-O-H-N-R-I-C-A-R-D. And thank you for listening. I'm honored that you take the time to listen to this podcast when there are so many other things you can listen to. Hope you come back next week and I promise the audio quality will be better because if you're like watching this on YouTube you see me talking to a mic it's not even on look see
we're not even recording into that microphone. We're recording into a different microphone, which is why it doesn't sound as good. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.